Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. to see the church expand throughout regional uh, Australia. And so why don't we stand to our feet and just uh, welcome Sharon as she comes. Good morning, church. It is so good to be with all of you today. I have such fondness in my heart for Resound Church and For all of you, I've been here lots and lots of times, right back when you had the dome to um, when we're in this beautiful building and I just love and honour you guys and really want to honour Pastor John and Desma, aren't they beautiful and uh, very precious and have always been an encouragement to me. And um, actually, Pastor John was our national leader when I first came to Christ in one of our apostolic churches in Berkeley. And um, I have just known beautiful moments of them just encouraging and building and championing. And don't you know, they cheer us on, don't they? We just love and honour you guys. It's so beautiful to see you. Um, I I know that Pastor Wayne and Ruth will be watching from online and a whole bunch of other people. I'm not sure where the camera is, but giving my love and um, praying for all those people that couldn't be here today that God will really minister to you and speak to your heart and speak to your future. But I want to also just honour Pastor Wayne and Ruth. I just love them for the world. They have been such an encouragement. They have championed the call of God on my life and uh, I, I cannot begin to measure the impact of their example and their encouragement and their wisdom on my life and on our church, actually. So huge honour and love for Pastor Wayne and Pastor Ruth. And for so many people here, it's just great to be here. And we've had an amazing weekend just connecting with the young people on Friday night. It was so good. I was so blessed by being there. And I know that there were a lot of people who couldn't come because of various reasons, but it was just beautiful, wasn't it, Bridget, to be amongst the, our young people here and and worshipping God and leaning into the heart of God. And, and then yesterday with some, some church planners and people involved in church plants, that's my heart. I just want to be doing that for the rest of my life or as long as Jesus says go. And, um, and I just loved, I love being here. So thank you for having me. It's a huge, huge honour. And um, I know many of you have heard my story before. And um, so I'll probably unpack little bits and pieces of it as, as I share today. Um, Bridget is here. She's our youth pastor. And uh, her and her, hus- her husband, Wrench, uh, became our youth pastors about 12 months ago through a youth grant that was given to us through Acts Global Churches and uh, we are seeing God do amazing things amongst the young people in our community and they're connecting to the hope and purpose that is found in Jesus Christ and I don't know, Bridget and Wrench have about 30 or 40 young people who are coming and they're getting involved in Alpha groups and getting involved and hovering around the Word of God and coming into family and it's just been beautiful to see what God's been doing through them. So I think we can give God a big hand for that. So good. I know Bridget has loved being here this weekend, so thank you for having us. Um, Look, I want to get straight into it, and I want to share an incredible verse with you. And it's a verse from Luke, put my glasses on, from Luke 19 verse 10. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. You know, so often when we think about being used by God or doing something for God, we start with us. 
God, what have you got me to do? And what's my call, my purpose? We have dreams and stirrings in our heart. And so often that's the starting point. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. But um, I know for Jesus, it was a little bit different. It wasn't about what Jesus wanted or Jesus felt or Jesus was like grappling with call. It was all about the people he was called to reach, reach and send. And um, he, that's his vision statement. The Son of Man came not for himself, but to seek and save the lost. I love that. I love that everything Jesus was about, everything he did, all that, you know, he thought and put his hands to was wrapped around the mission of God to reach and save the lost, to seek and save the lost. And so I want to start with that today. I was thinking about the journey that we're on, all of us as the body of Christ. So much has changed, but I feel like in the process of change and shifting, something has opened for the purposes of God. And if ever there was a day the church needed to rise up and be about what Jesus was about, seeking and saving the lost, what an opportunity we have, don't you think? What an incredible opportunity we have. His mission ultimately is our mission. And his mission was about releasing salvation to every people, group, every tribe, language and tongue on this earth. And so I want to I want to talk a little bit about salvation to start with because he was all about that, bringing salvation, bringing hope, bringing freedom, bringing healing, bringing restoration, breaking chains of bondage, breaking the chains of the past, breaking chains of despair, breaking the power of the grave, breaking the power of sin, breaking the power of death and releasing people to life everlasting in him. Jesus, seeking and saving the lost. And I was thinking about salvation. I was thinking about my own salvation and all that Jesus has done in me. And I was thinking in these last few days about the moments I've had to see God's saving power poured out on on individuals, on young people, at times on whole families. And I've got to say, I don't think I've ever seen anything more beautiful than the saving work of Jesus Christ, opening someone's life, opening a family to the purposes of God, opening communities to the purpose of God. There's so much still so beautiful in our world, but honestly, there is nothing more beautiful than seeing heaven linked with earth and someone coming into salvation. And what Jesus has done in my life, what salvation has done in me, it's miraculous and beautiful and incredibly redemptive. And I can't believe what God has done and how much he's changed me and how possible restoration is in him. And I just, I'm so thankful. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that we can be about the same things Jesus was about. When he walked on this earth, he came to seek and save the lost and we are sent out to do exactly the same thing. This is awesome verse. 
in Isaiah 52 verse 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. I don't know if you think feet are beautiful. (laughs) I don't think feet are beautiful. But when the Bible describes the feet of someone who bears the goodness of God, who bears the word of God, who bears the grace of God, who who brings the saving power of God, wouldn't you want to just kiss those feet? If you were lost and in despair, wouldn't those feet be the most beautiful feet you've ever seen? I think about the story of Mary Magdalene and, you know, in a world of turmoil and a world of despair and throwing herself at the feet of Jesus and pouring out the the most precious treasure she has on the feet of Jesus. And doesn't that paint an incredible picture of how beautiful the salvation Jesus brings is? When you would pour out your treasure on the bare feet, the cracked, (laughs) blistered, dirty, feet of Jesus, not because of what they look like, but because of what they've ushered into your world. You know, that word beautiful, it's not talking about something from an outward perspective, but the root of that word, it means befitting, becoming, perfectly appropriate, used as designed, perfectly fitting. To me, when Jesus describes the feet of someone who brings the good news of the gospel of Jesus into a community or into a family or to an individual, he's linking them to the purpose of heaven, to the purpose of God, to the heart of God, to seek and save the lost. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of he or she who brings good news. I reckon God is in this season is calling his church to rise up and live out our true purpose in him. Because salvation, it is beautiful and it's our core business. You know, before I went to condo, I'd been involved in the church for a long time. I was our associate pastor at our church in Ulladulla. I was our state youth director. I'd been involved in liberties and just a whole bunch of stuff. I'd spoken in a whole lot of churches around Australia and even overseas. And I'd seen people come to know Christ in meeting after meeting after meeting, and that's beautiful. And uh, I went to condo, and, and the world that I was in was, and, and, and still in was so different to that. And um, when I got to condo, I didn't know anyone except for Bruce and Tracy. Many of you have met them. They're incredible people. And, um, and we just built relationship with people in the town and loved people and prayed our hearts out and just looked for opportunities to bring the blessing of God. And, um, and I'm surprised actually how long it took to be able to connect someone to the love of God and bring someone into salvation, bring someone into relationship. It was about 18 months of loving people and having them in my home and speaking life over people and praying and fasting and crying and crying and crying and crying and crying and crying and and enjoying the journey and getting to know people 
And then this one day, this beautiful girl, she was one of the first to connect into our, we started our church just really with Sunday night barbecues at my house. And she was one of the first to connect in. And she's a young mum, little baby, and um, living with her partner. And she just texted me one day, Sharon, can I come and see you? And could Tracy come? So she came over and it was in August, but the sun was shining and it was warm. So we went and sat out in my backyard and I put a plate of Tim Tams on a little table and we just started to talk. She started to share how empty and lost she was feeling and the impact of that on her thinking and, you know, on her sense of perspective on who she was. And I just remember saying to her, honey, I'm not a counsellor, I'm not a social worker, I'm a pastor and a follower of Jesus and I've got one answer for you and that is him. And I shared the gospel with her and um, in my backyard with the magpies singing and the whole deal, she, that was the choir, that was the band coming up just at the altar call. <laughs> she was the first person to give her life to Jesus in our church in Condoblin and she wept and we prayed for her and at the end of it I asked her how she felt and she just said, oh, I can't put words to the peace that I'm feeling. And at the time, I thought about the beauty of salvation. It was probably one of the most profound little moments in my life as a minister. And I thought about all the times I'd been in church with all the lights and the bells and the whistles. And I thought, wow, salvation is beautiful, but it's also very simple. You know, honestly, the goodness of God just flows through relationship. And it felt incredibly sacred. You know, from my perspective, salvation is not a prayer and you move on. It's a journey in Christ, isn't it? We work out our salvation every moment of our lives. And just walking through the next several years with with this beautiful young mum, there was some hairy moments, I'm telling you. (laughs) Hairy moments where she'd ring me up and her and a partner would be in utter distress and say, Shaz, we need you and we need you now. And me feeling like I'm swimming in an ocean of circumstances I don't have any natural wisdom for and leaning on Jesus with everything I have. And, um, you know, about six months after my friend gave her life to the Lord, she, she rings me again. She says, my partner, who I did know, he needs to talk to you, Shaz. He's not in a good way. And I went around, it was the same thing. He was just under such mental torment. And I sat him down. He's the second person after six months. So we were great. Two people, two years. <laughs> but honestly, it was like, I'll do it however long it takes. <laughs> and, um, and so I did the same. I just shared the gospel with him and prayed for him. And it was exactly the same. He was like, Shaz, I, I can't believe how I feel. I just feel light. And connected to something bigger than myself. And, and it's been beautiful, hasn't it, to watch God just little bit by little bit bring transformation to this beautiful family of now five. My beautiful friend who was the first to connect to the love of God in condo. She's now working in an organisation. as an advocate, advocacy organisation um, in the mental health space. And it's for Aboriginal people. And she's building into Aboriginal people. And just last week or so, she told me, I've just connected one of my clients to a rehab unit, Shaz. And it's really hard to get 
any of our people into rehabs because the need is just so great. But he, he's gone into this rehab and all he can talk about is wanting to come to church. And all I can say is, well, you can come to our church. And I think, wow, look at that. The saving grace of God just totally transforming a life, but then actually bringing us all into the same heart and purpose of God. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Nothing more beautiful. Hey, so incredible. So I'm going to read you this verse from Isaiah 12. Love this verse. God is my salvation. I trust I won't be afraid. God, yes, God, is my strength and song. Best of all, my salvation. Joyfully, you will pull up buckets of water from the wells of salvation. And as you do it, you'll say, give thanks to God. Call out his name. Ask him anything. Shout to the nations. Tell them what he's done. Spread the news of his great reputation. We all draw from the wells of salvation and we do it the first time for ourselves. But that, the, the metaphor of a well, you think about Bible times and every day the people in those communities would go to the well, wouldn't they? They would draw every day. It's not like, well, I've had that one drink. I'm fine. Thank you very much. Every day they would go to the well of salvation. Every day they would draw from that reservoir of life. And it's the same, I believe, when it comes to the wells of salvation. We come to God. We draw from those incredible living waters. We do it for ourselves. But then the Bible says we go back to the well and we start calling out. We start telling people what Jesus has done. We start sharing the good news of Jesus. We start bringing other people to that same living water. We're drawing again and again with joy, the Bible says. With joy, we're drawing from the wells of salvation, obviously for ourselves, but not just for ourselves. And honestly, I love seeing people come to Jesus. Sometimes you have to really fight for it. Sometimes you've really got to pray and lean in and go the hard yards for someone. One of my best friends, Linda, you know, we, she's a teacher at my school. I'm a teacher. And when we became friends, she was so far from the things of God. It wasn't funny. But her daughter connected into our youth group. So she started coming along to church because she wanted to check out these widows that do church in my house. And uh, little bit by little bit, we just built a friendship. And on this one day, three in the morning, she rings me and she says, Shaz, I need you and I need you now. And I went around and her life had fallen apart and I was like out of my depth but praying my heart out for her. And then I remember just saying to her, Linda, oh, I'm not a counsellor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm a follower of Jesus and I've only got one thing that can help you and that's Jesus. And she said, yep, I'm ready, I, I, I need Jesus in my life. And I was like, would you like me to help you pray? No, no, I've got it, I've got it. And she was like, Jesus, I just give my life to you, I give everything to you. It was that easy, it was like, plucking a piece of fruit off a, a tree, except it wasn't that easy. It took three years of just building into her and loving her to the day, the day I met her. And it was literally three years to the day later that we prayed that prayer together. So sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's not, but it's always sacred and it's always with joy. We see heaven link with earth. And don't you want to be a part of that? I want to be a part of that. 
So I want to talk about responding to the call. If the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, and we've been sent out with the same mission, then God is actually calling us, not just to sort of hear, but to hear and respond, to step into something beyond ourselves. And so here we go, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. I love this verse. You are not your own. You were brought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. That changes everything. From my perspective, it's not about me. It's about him and it's about, you know, the the purpose of God unfolding, not just in my life, but through my life. I love this poem by a guy called E. Cummings. It's a bit of a love poem. But when I read it, I hear the heart of God and I feel the heart of God, actually. It says, I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart. I'm never without it. Anywhere I go, you go, my dear. And whatever is done by only me is your doing, my darling. I fear no fate, for you are my fate, my sweet. I want no world, for beautiful you are my world, my true And it's you are whatever a moon has always meant and whatever a sun will always sing, it's you. Here is the deepest secret nobody knows. Here is the root of the root and the bud of the bud and the sky of the sky of a tree called life which grows higher than soul can hope or mind can hide. And this is the wonder that's keeping the stars apart. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. I reckon that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about for me. I remember when God started to speak to me about leaving Kondoblin and there's lots of amazing opportunities that seemed to open up and I was praying for a long time about where God wanted me to be and I really was processing a lot of ambition, to be perfectly honest, and a little bit of ego that was involved in all of that. And I finally landed at the point of saying, God, actually... There's nowhere else I'd rather be than where you are. And there's nothing I want to do but what you're doing and what you want me to do through you. And so I bind my heart to what, what's on your heart. And it's kind of like nothing else is matter, matters. It's a white noise. And um, that whole process was like a massive stripping back for me. Um, I didn't realise until I moved to Kondoblin how much ego and how much... My own validation was coming from what I do. And I didn't realise how much of my identity had been wrapped around being a minister and, you know, having a bit of a public platform. And, of course, I went to Condoblin and no one cared that I was a pastor. They were all suspicious of me. What are you doing here? And it was like all of that got stripped back right to the very core of carrying the heart of God in everything I do in every interaction I have, I'm not perfect and I definitely get it wrong. But to me, that's the core of it is like, I want to really represent your heart, God, as best I possibly can. And when I don't represent your heart well, I'll own it. I'll humble myself and, you know, I'll seek what, do what I can to just bring blessing. But to me, that's it. If I can represent the heart of God, if I can live out what's on his heart and if I can put my hand to what matters to God, then I'm living... I guess, with eternal perspective. And I'm actually in the flow of something much, much bigger than myself. 
Um, Stuart yesterday asked me this question when, you know, being an associate pastor and going to Condible and we didn't have services for a long time. And he was like, how did you keep yourself like strong in God? And instantly this memory came back to me. I haven't thought about it for a long time, but when I was in Ulladulla, I worked hard for the church, you know, long days and Sundays I'd be at church at six in the morning and I'd be the last to leave. And I love the house of God. I love the house of God. But I remember um, this one Sunday morning, I didn't even realize it was a Sunday and I just bought a house and my, I had a friend from Ulladulla with me and we were laying some lino in the laundry and then it clicked. It's Sunday morning <laughs> and I burst into tears and she was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, two months ago I was at church at six in the morning and serving God and worshipping and preaching and doing all this stuff and look at me now, I'm just doing something for myself. And I remember turning around and saying to her, am I even a Christian anymore? Have I backslidden? Is this is what it means to be backslidden? It just felt so far from the life that I lived. And um, to be honest, it was like that was a watershed moment for me. When God started to redefine what it meant to be a daughter of God, to serve out the kingdom purposes of God. And seriously, if all that means is, you know, two hours on a Sunday morning, I don't know if Jesus really died for that. (laughs) He died to, to release his goodness into every corner of this earth. It's not about our services, but I love our services. I do. I love it. It's a place of equipping and strengthening and building faith and connecting people to the love of Jesus. But it's not about that. I just felt through that moment, God start to redefine in my mind what it meant to be an apostolic woman, what it meant to serve out the kingdom purposes of God, what it meant to reach people in the name of Jesus Christ. And it wasn't about calling them to come. It was about me responding to the call to go, to go. And I love that Matthew 28, where it says, go into all the world preach the good news of the gospel, you know, baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them what I have taught you. And we know that verse in in context is literally, literally saying, as you go, preach the good news, as you go, baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We, we have no reach if we're not willing to be sent, but if we're sent, We're going to go places others can't go. We're going to connect to people we're called to to draw from the wells of salvation for. We're going to be people on mission, living out the purpose of Jesus, seeking and saving the lost. And I'm just going to finish with this beautiful verse. Actually going to finish where I started. And where I started was with how beautiful the feet are of those who bring good news. Started there, but I want to finish there because I know there's something God is wanting to mobilize in the hearts of His sons and daughters. I believe we are coming into our most fruitful time. We are coming into a space of largeness, and honestly, I believe we're going to see miracles in this next season. I don't know what, how you define miracles, but I think back on the last 10 or so years I've been in Kendoblin. And I have seen so many miracle transformations. And I'm just believing for so much more, not just for our community, but for our nation, for the nations of the world. There is nothing God cannot do. So I'm going to read you this awesome verse from Romans 10, 13 to 15. 
Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The Bible says salvation comes, you know, when we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Salvation comes as we call on the name of Jesus. But how can anyone call on a name they have never heard? And how can anyone hear unless we tell them? Wells of salvation, come and drink. Look what Jesus has done in my life. He can do it in yours. Shouting out the goodness of God to the nations. They're never going to hear if we never do that. But how can we say those things? How can we declare the goodness of God in our generation if we are not living the call of God as sent ones? You know, the word sent in the Bible, the root of it, the Bible, like the Greek, I'm going to have to look at my words to to, um, pronounce it properly. Apostello. Apostello. Doesn't that sound familiar to you? <laughs> Apostello. Apostolic purpose. That's what it means to be living as a sent one. And I believe that mandate, it's not on the few, it's on the body. We are his hands and we are his mouth and we are his beautiful feet everywhere we go. There is an opportunity to see heaven link with earth, to be sent. It means to be set apart. My life is not my own. It means to be sent out, not, you know, randomly or accidentally, but on mission for this cause. It means to be set at liberty. I think that's incredible. You don't have to be perfect to represent the heart and love of God. You just got to have feet that move forward into the purposes of God. And the Bible says that as we step into and respond to the call of God, according to Apostello, we are set at liberty. We come into freedom. That's my testimony. I was a pastor at Highway Christian Church, Ulladulla, and I'd been there for 15 years, serving God and having incredible opportunities, but I still wasn't free. And I cannot believe the absolute work of redemption and healing and hope God has done while I've been on the journey going about the good news of Jesus Christ. He's done miracles in my own life. And I'm walking now as a sent one in more freedom than I ever imagined possible. The Apostle Paul describes himself as a bondservant, which is literally a slave. And back in the Bible times, there were slaves that would love their masters so much that they would then commit themselves to serving their masters for the rest of their lives. And as a token or sign of that, they'd get their ears pierced. 
And, uh, and, and the Apostle Paul, he says, I'm a bondservant. Literally, I love my master, Jesus, so much. My life is not my own anymore. I'm serving his will. And isn't it not funny, I was going to say, but isn't it incredible that as a bond servant, you can know more freedom than when you're living a life chasing after your own desires. I believe we're in a season where God is wanting to increase our reach, but we cannot increase our reach unless we are willing to be sent. So come on, let's rise up with faith and expectation and see the kingdom purpose of God advance every where we go. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to pray. Why don't you stand to your feet? God's got so much ahead for us, so much ahead for the people in our world. And so Jesus, I thank you. You call us to pray, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But God, your kingdom comes and your will is established as we go not on our own efforts and not with our own agenda, but as sent ones, as those who follow after your heart and purpose. And so in Jesus' name, I pray, God, that you will send out the harvesters into the fields, that you will anoint us, that you will grace us, that you will open the way and give us incredible opportunities to be a blessing and to draw from wells of salvation for those in our world. I thank you for this incredible church rising up more and more with a heart to plant churches and no doubt in every corner of this earth. I pray and declare your incredible provision, your incredible grace. And I pray, Holy Spirit, a spirit of wisdom and revelation over each one of us so that we will continue to lean in and carry what is on your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.